This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. I mentioned there are three qualities, three states of the Qur'an uh, that Allah describes, three living qualities of the Qur'an that Allah describes. The first of them was its guidance for humanity. We talked about that a few days ago, two days ago. We talked about bayinatim min al-huda, clear proofs from within that guidance. That was yesterday. And today I'll share some things with you about the word al-furqan. That's the third quality that Allah describes of the Qur'an. The first thing that I want to talk about is something unusual grammatically about this word. You notice, for those of you that are familiar with the Arabic language, hudan is nakira. Then you have bayinatin nakira, meaning there's no aliflam. It's not al-huda, it's not al-bayinat. So the expectation here is huda linnas wa bayinati min al-huda wa furqanan. Tawakkur huwa al-furqanan, nakira. It's the, without the lam al-ta'arif, without alif lam on it, without the word the on it. And typically a hal, a state, grammarians argue is in nakira form. It's without the al. But Allah Azza wa Jal sometimes rhetorically bends the rule of grammar. And he actually states things in unusual ways to get a point across. And so Allah goes out of his way to highlight this third quality of the Qur'an, Al-Furqan. Al-Furqan. This is a third quality that Allah has given the Qur'an. And that's because Allah is essentially describing something that's never happened before. You see, in other places in the Qur'an, because the word Qur'an means something that's recited. Something that is recited. Previous nations were given some kind of Qur'an too. They were not given Al-Qur'an. But they were given Qur'anan. They were given some kind of recital. Torah was also a kind of Qur'an, something to be recited. And whenever Allah gave revelation, it was guidance. It had the quality of hudan. And Allah also gave prophets bayinat. Allah gave that to previous prophets. But it seems that Allah describes a quality of the Qur'an that has never been given to any revelation before. It's something unique to the Qur'an. And that is actually al-furqan. A cri- and the, the English translations say, the criterion. The criterion. And the word criterion is a difficult English word. So even when you translate it in your head, you're like, it's still not translated. So I, we need to simplify that so everybody can make sense of it. The word furqan comes from farq, which is to separate, or to, to, to distinguish two things from one another. Okay? So like farqna bikumul bahr, when Allah separated the water and parted the water in the story of Musa alayhi salam, faraqa was used. Like farqna bikumul bahr. The word furqan literally means the ultimate separation, the ultimate cutting off. Two things that used to be together have now been completely separated. Separated like they've never been separated before. In the ultimate, in the most, you know, in the most absolute way. And the absoluteness of it comes from the al in the word. And it also comes from the alif noon at the end. Furqan, like Quran, is sigatun mubalagha, the an at the end. An extreme separation, a separation like no other. And the ultimate separation. Now what in the world does that mean that the Qur'an is the ultimate separation? You see, in previous revelations, Allah Azza wa Jal, when He gave Torah to Musa alayhi salam, there's part of Torah that was written on the alwah. And there's, you know, it was written on the tablet. And then there's much more to Torah that was revealed later on. And if you look at the, the Jewish tradition, and you look at the scripture that they have, a lot of what they comment is the word of God, and a lot of what they comment is their opinion, and their commentary, like you could say even tafsir, of the verses, are all written in the same line historically. Okay, so you can't tell where the revelation ends and the commentary 
begins. And this is why Allah Azza wa doesn't even call it Kalamullah in the Quran. Allah refers to them as ma bayna aidihim, what they have in front of them. Because it's open, it's, it's got the revelation and it's got the commentary all mixed together. Like for example, if you imagine in Quran, you can read a tafsir and you find there's the ayah and there's the opinion of Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhu, or there's the opinion of somebody else, or there's a hadith. But there's a clear separation, that's the ayah, this is the commentary. They didn't have that separation before. Also, you find in the Bible when the, there's a prediction that the, the Messenger is coming, sallallahu alayhi wa Rasulullah The way he's described, I, Allah is saying, God is saying in the Bible, I will put my words in his mouth. I will put my words in his mouth. Meaning, the Prophet when he recites, they're not going to be his own words. They're going to be the words of Allah. But that, this is different from all previous Prophets. Let me tell you why. There are two things, pay attention to this, this is powerful. There's two things, there's the message, there's the message, and there is the wording. There's the message and there's the wording, okay? So if I, for example, the message is, I went to sleep. I went to sleep. I could also have said, I slept. I could also said, I fell asleep. All of those have the same what? Same message. The message is the same, but the wording is what? It's different. In previous revelations, the message was from Allah. The message was from Allah. But the wording was sometimes chosen by the Prophets. You see, the message was from Allah, but the wording was from the Prophets. But when Allah gave Qur'an to Rasulullah what did Allah do? Allah gave him the message, but He also gave him the, the wording. The wording is from Allah Himself too. You see, this is the big difference between Hadith and Qur'an. This is even the difference between Hadith Qudsi. Hadith Qudsi is a Hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ is quoting Allah. He's speaking on behalf of Allah, right? Like, قَسَمْتُ الصَّلَاةَ بَيْنِي وَبَيْنَ عَبْدِ نِصْفَيْنِ Or, إِنِّي حَرَّمْتُ الظُّلْمَ عَلَى نَفْسِي I divided the prayer between me and my slave into two halves. The Prophet told us, Allah says that. Allah says that. The question is, Allah says that, why isn't that in the Qur'an? Or he says, Allah says, I made injustice prohibited on myself. I made injustice haram on myself. The Prophet told us, Allah says that. The message of that hadith is from Allah. But the wording is chosen by Rasulullah But the Qur'an separated between the wording of the Prophet and the wording of Allah forever. There's actually recently a study done, almost a decade ago, of the style of speech of all the hadith that are available. The style of speech. Because, you know, whenever somebody speaks, they have a certain style. So if you look at all of the things that are recorded that they said, you can notice a certain style, certain verbs they like to use, certain prepositions, certain kinds of sentence structure. In linguistics, you study speech patterns. And this, you know, this is like an academic Western study of how the speech pattern in the Qur'an is completely different from the speech pattern of hadith of Rasulullah Completely two different things. It's, it's, hadith is also beautiful, but there's no comparison. It's like two different speakers. This is what Allah did. Now, let me give you another simple example to understand this. You know, some of you are you're listening to me right now, but if I, if I opened up a copy of the United States Constitution, and I memorized a few lines from it, right? And it was written in the 1700s, right? So I, I memorized a few lines from it. And then I started saying those lines to you. Okay, line by line, exactly as I memorized it. Would you be able to tell that it's something not, I didn't come up with it, I actually got it from somewhere else? Yeah, because when I normally speak, that's not how I talk. Even though the words are coming out of my mouth, it's my voice, I don't have a paper in front of me, but you're going to say, where'd you get that? 
Like if your son came up to you and started reciting poetry from Shakespeare, right? You would say to your kid, where did you learn that? And he says, I, I came up with it myself. This, what do you mean? This is my speech. You would know immediately that's not him talking. Rasulullah was known among the, among the people for 40 years. They know how he talks. As soon as he recited Qur'an, what did they say? Where did you get that? Did you, did you learn that from some poet? Did some jinn teach it to you? Did somebody else, is somebody dictating it? Because that's not you. We know how you talk. This is not how you talk. Even the, the people who first heard him could tell there's a farq between how he speaks and what the Qur'an says, what the Qur'an speaks. There's a big difference between the two. You understand? So Allah for the first time gave Al-Furqan, but that's not its only meaning. The other meaning of Al-Furqan is forever now, you and I will have to be, we're going to be confused in life and many turns. There are situations you and I face in life as members of a family, as people who run a business, as people who have to run a career, what to do with money, how to make your money, how to spend your money, what to do with you know certain family decisions, career decisions, education decisions. We have all these confusing decisions that are spinning in our head all day, every day. Should I do this? Should I side with my uncle or should I side with my cousin? Who's right? Who's wrong? What should I, should I tell them? Should I not tell them? Should I open my mouth? Should I stay quiet? There's all these choices all the time, all the time, all the time. And you're weighing, weighing, weighing. And Allah says, Allah gave these words. So when you come to these words, forever there's going to be a separation between what you should do and what you shouldn't do. There's going to be a clear separation. There's no confusion left. You will come to this book and after this book, there's no gray area now. Now it's clear what you must do. If you accept this book as Al-Furqan, not only did it separate the words of human beings, even Rasulullah the word of a human being from the word of Allah, what is the benefit of that separation? I spend most of my time right now telling you the separation between the words of the Prophet and the words of, the, of Allah. But what's the point of that separation? The point of that separation is once you understand that this can only be the word of Allah, then once he decides something and he separates you from something, you can't go back to it. Once he's cut it off, then you, there's no going back. Once you accepted that his word is decisive, it's final, it's, it's cut you off from those previous behaviors, that habit, that decision, that choice, then that's actually what Furqan is. The Furqan is actually the means to final change. And Allah gave this ultimatum that this is going to be Al-Furqan from now until the end of times. In other words, nobody's going to say, well, this used to be pretty relevant, you know, 1,000 plus 1,400 years ago, 1,500 years ago. Those Arabs, you know, they had their own issues. Times have changed. Technology has changed. The world has changed. They didn't go through what we're going through. So if people even have said to me in some gatherings, if Allah gave the Qur'an today, probably would have given us, you know, different, more relevant instructions for our time, right? When Allah called this Al-Furqan, then Allah is saying, from now until Judgment Day, Whatever changes human beings go through, you know, technology can change, the clothes we wear can change, the way we, the way we you know, travel can change, the design of our homes can change, our language can change, all of those things can change. You know one thing that never changes? Human nature. Greed is always greed. Temptation is always temptation. Anger is always anger. Jealousy is always jealousy. It was jealousy 5,000 years ago. It was jealousy 10,000 years ago. It's jealousy today. Anger is still anger. Arrogance is still arrogance. Well, you, somebody used to be arrogant because they have a brand new donkey. <laughs> and now they're arrogant because they have a brand new Ferrari. But it's still arrogance. Yeah. It's the same thing. Somebody used to be like, really, I'm a big, I got, you know, I got three camels, bro. 
three camels. What's up? You know, this used to be a big deal to them. Okay, now somebody has three businesses. Somebody's got three stores. Somebody's got three, three buildings that they're renting out or whatever else. The pride and greed and want, those things have never changed. Quran, you can change technology. You can change circumstances. But the things that people are drawn towards, the things that make, people, make human beings fail have always been the same. And Allah is always separating you and me from what will cause us failure, from what will lead us to success. This is Al-Furqan. So don't tell yourself, don't let shaitan tell you, or yourself, your own confusion tell you, well, times have changed, therefore Qur'an is no longer relevant. Qur'an came to address human nature. Human nature, not human technology, not human architecture, not human, you know, societal administrative changes. The Qur'an came to address what we all human beings will all, have always suffered from and will always suffer from, and that's captured inside the word Al-Furqan. It's very, very powerful. With that mindset, when somebody comes to the Qur'an, I, I, I guarantee you, Allah's own guarantee, fihi dhikrukum, you will get in it what is talking about you. You'll, you will no longer see it's talking about Ibrahim salam how many thousands of years ago? I was talking about these people from this, this battle or that battle. What does Badr have to do with me? What does Uhud have to do with me? You know, what do the Israelites have to do with me? I'm not at a desert, there's no water parting in front of me. That mindset will disappear because you will read this book as something that's separating you from the bad choices you're about to make. That's what it's separating you from. And that's the power of the word Al-Furqan. One of the, this separates the Qur'an from all previous revelations. You know that? From all previous revelations. This is why Allah said in Ali Imran, I'll end with this. He says, نَزَلَ عَلَيْكَ الْكِتَابَ بِالْحَقِّ He gave you the book. Qur'an. He gave you the book. مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَا يَدَيْهِ وَأَنزَلَ التَّوْرَاتِ وَالْإِنْجِيلِ He gave, before he gave what? Torah and Injil. Okay. مِنْ قَبْلُ he gave you the book, and by the way, this that he's given you, he's given you Al-Furqan. Meaning not only is it the book, it's also Furqan. So he started with, it's a book like previous books, but this book is different too, because this time it's Al-Furqan. And that's, the, that's one of the most unique, powerful qualities. Yes, before there used to be Furqan and the Nakira form, but Al-Furqan, this is the one that Allah Azza wa has given us. May Allah Azza wa allow us to benefit from the Qur'an being a Furqan in our lives. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim. ونفعني وإياكم بالآيات والذكر الحكيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته